Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Raj Geary, and today we're going to talk about SmackDown for November, or pardon me, September 19th, uh, 2017. Uh, going to talk about No Mercy coming up this weekend, talk about attendance at WWE house shows and live events and how that's going, um, in addition to TV tapings, and uh, other news from around the world of professional wrestling. Raj, how are you doing this morning? Good, man. How are you? <clears throat> doing good, man. Doing good. Interesting SmackDown last night. You know, kind of a tough act to follow with the week before, but let's, you know, before we dive into the nitty-gritty, I mean, what were your overall thoughts of the episode? I just felt like it was mostly filler. Um, I, I, it was kind of in the middle. I didn't think it was bad, uh, but it just, eh. I mean, there was some stuff that was really cringeworthy. Um <laughs> You know, one, one one segment in particular. One segment in particular. Uh, but other than that, I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was just kind of there. Yeah, you could tell that uh, with No Mercy coming up and Hell in a Cell still being a couple weeks out, that they're really laying the groundwork, but in no rush on those storylines. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of a nothing show. Yeah, which is weird, too, because we've only got, you know, I just looked at the calendar. We've got one two smackdowns between now and hell in a cell and the way that they're treating it you would think it was five weeks off yeah and you had you had two segments that were basically identical to last week you know with the gender and and the Dolph Ziggler one which it's almost exactly the same as last week so it was just kind of like being on a treadmill just running in place and I don't know. I mean, aside from the the racist nature of some of Jinder's remarks, I would Ugh. say that I don't know which segment was more painful. Um, I guess Jinder won just because. I, I think Jinder won hands down. That was. Yeah. Although you Dolph know, I, was pretty uh, kicking a dead horse. Yeah, I mean they're building that to for Bobby Roode. I don't know if it's going to be Dolph coming out to Bobby Roode's entrance or, you know, Bobby Roode interrupting Dolph. I think Bobby Roode interrupt interrupting Dolph would be more effective. But you know that's where that's headed. Yeah, absolutely. So Shane McMahon opens up last night, just goes out and cuts a promo, builds up the match to Hell in a Cell. He condemned Owens to vengeance. That was that was very weird. <laughs> yeah, I liked this promo until that line because it seemed very uh, it seemed realistic and organic. Sure. It didn't seem so it didn't seem so strip, scripted. And then that line just kind of took that all away. But it wasn't overall. It was still an effective promo by Shane uh there's no funny business you know he acted you know the way he should have and so uh, so overall i liked it i just uh that line was just a little too much and for better or worse man i mean shane you know shane is a top star in the wwe i mean in terms of if you look at the matches that he's been in the pop he gets from the audience i mean mm -hmm. he's a reliable go-to now yeah i think people roll their eyes when they think about shane in a feud or shane in a match but they always end up being at least entertaining or newsworthy. You know, his his match with Taker, I thought it kind of sucked, but it was overshadowed. The suckiness was overshadowed because of that health, you know, the sell spot. So yeah, um, it's always something interesting and entertaining. So I, I have no problem with the Shane and Kevin Owens feud. And Kevin Owens, this is, you know, probably the most he's been pushed. The most he's looked like a top guy since he's been with the company. And, and that's including his reign as universal champion, in my opinion. Yeah. No, it's good for the both of them. I think it's just uh, SmackDown, man, the the lows are pretty low on that show. I mean, the peaks are, are decent, but yeah, there's you, uh, a lot of B stuff. Yeah, you just take the... It's, it, I mean, you take the top four stars of SmackDown, you take the top four stars of Raw, and you kind of see just how far beneath Raw SmackDown is, you know, as far as as far as star power not necessarily talent but but definitely star power yeah there's something something that's uh missing from the mix and so speaking of which so we went from that uh hidden english versus randy orton um yeah in a match that really was to set up rusev and orton after the fact when rusev came out and attacked randy um do you think, I mean, is this going to help Rusev? I know everyone's been wanting to get him in, in something with a little more traction here. I mean, what do you think about the way that they're going in, in building this? Um, you know, first off, I was surprised they let Aiden English get so much on Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. And then it made sense when Rusev came in because Rusev, and then it, you know, if Orton won a quick match over Aiden and then Rusev beat Orton quickly, uh, 
you know, it would have made Orton look weak. So this way it looked like Orton had a hard fought match and then was beaten quickly. So, you know, it protected him a little while giving Rusev something. So, you know, Orton has just lost his last couple of feuds. So I see them, I see him going over on this one. And I just think that's the wrong plan. I think there's so much potential with Rusev and, and the longer you wait, sometimes you miss that chance and you miss that opportunity. And I, but you know, what I liked about this was Rusev's showing some personality and showing his more humorous side and not the, the strict anti-American thing, but you know, him cheering afterwards and you were seeing a, a little more of the, the personality that I think a lot of uh, the internet fans see like in his tweets and, and, you know, stuff away from the ring. And uh, I think the more they incorporate that, uh, the more the Rusev character could evolve and, and become a top star again and maybe even a top babyface. So, you know, I think him beating Orton was the right thing. So, um, yeah, now I guess they're tied. So that leads to the tiebreaker. And hopefully Rusev takes it, but I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bet on it. You know, with Randy, and here's the shame of that. Here's the shame of that if Randy wins that feud, is right now having lost to Jinder repeatedly. And, and Bray. And he Bray, ended up, he lost the, the blow off to that. Having hard-fought matches with Aiden, Aiden English. Um, I think that, <laughs> no, seriously, if he loses to Rusev, there's actually a great comeback arc there where Randy can say, you know, people have said that I seem like I'm tuned out of this, and maybe I was. And we have this redemption arc. That would make Randy kind of interesting again. But I think to get him to that point, he has to lose to Rusev. If he just comes back, we're going to have Randy in the middle, you know, just sort of with the, oh, okay, that's serviceable. He does an RKO attitude. Yeah, I mean, you know, what you suggested is fine, but then what do you do after that? Like, what what does Orton change to to show that he's looking for redemption and that he's no longer, uh, you know, just resting on his laurels? I mean, he's kind of... He's kind of who he is. I, I can't see him changing his character up much at this stage of the game. So, um, but you know, I, I could see that doing something where he's been on a bit of a losing streak and then he gets fired up, or I don't know, does something to to freshen himself up. And it's not as in ring performance necessarily. Actually, the, with gender though, some of those matches, especially with what he did the Singh brothers. I mean, that was actually Randy most fired up we've seen him um but i think it's just it's the promos i think it's the fact that his promos are just always so dull and just on a repetitive loop of what he's been doing forever now that i think in the promos that attitude would come across and maybe add a little spark to the fire i don't know he's his promos have been like that forever oh i know i I know you know it's not like i he's gonna all of a sudden turn his promos around um and 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 be a different, you know, and, and put a unique spin on him. So I don't know. I, I just think Orton is, he is who he is and, and that's who it's going to be. Um, and I, yeah, I just don't, uh, you know, he'll just basically keep going between heel and baby face. But other than that, I, I think I don't see much changing with him. So, but yeah. with R- Rusev, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. So. I, oh, I agree. Know. But not, not if he ends up losing this to Orton and then it's, going to be Rusev versus Aiden right. English on the big show. <laughs> yeah. Maybe no. if they're lucky. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about it, man. Jinder and the Singh brothers coming oh, out there. God. Roasting Shinsuke Nakamura. You think Vince McMahon's paying more attention? And that's, that's why we're getting these terrible jokes. Oh, God, I could tell those jokes are probably coming from Vince. You know, I'm sure Vince thinks that when he sees Nakamura is the, the goofy faces, you know, <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah, I said it last week. When you call attention to that, and you start making people say, "Oh, he's got a point," uh, you're making you're hurting Shinsuke. Yeah. And then they just went outright racist. I mean, they did it last week too, but even worse this week. And I and I know Vince probably is like, "Oh, well, it's an Indian guy saying racist stuff, so it's fine." And it's it's not. And I just thought, you know, where it's just so backwards and regressive, and uh it just makes you that kind of stuff and just makes wrestling look so bad like if someone that doesn't watch wrestling was just putting that on it just it just makes the the wrestling seem so low rent yeah and know your audience man they're in oakland california the san francisco bay area one if you listen last night when jinder came out much more mixed than usual a lot more cheers in mixed in with the jeers um but to do that segment there in the bay area huge Indian American population, huge Asian American population, 
that is not the place to do this promo. Well, I'm sure Vince thought that is the place to do it because I'm sure he thought that's where it'll get more heat. Um, With the crowds chanting, that's too far. (laughs) That was great. I love that. It's the Bay Area, man. It's the Bay Area. Only I love here, it. I loved know? it. I love that. Yeah. That's too far, chant. But it, yeah. Again, it's just so. It's just so cringeworthy, and gender, man. Uh, he, oh, I don't know. I, I think they built him up to where he's something. He's got a. He's sure. got a star look. Um, this promo sucked. I don't know who could have made it good though. You know, I think that's the the material he was sent, but. It, him on top it's just not it's not doing anything and i'm to let him drop that title put it on things that really get the fans interest and have gender win the u.s title and and feud with good workers that he could learn from and work longer matches but at the top it's just not it's just not working and and the the whole india thing i don't from what i hear it's not like there's a you know a splurge of popularity for India and in, in, uh, for WWE in India. In in fact, I think it's pretty much just the same. So, man, you keep going with gender as a as U.S. champion. Drop that xenophobic crap. It it just makes you look outdated uh, in this day and age. And and uh, and go with it. But yeah, I, I was very glad I was watching wrestling alone last night. Yeah, if my wife, God, yeah. And it, my, my wife has this habit of always walking in during the most embarrassing segments, you know, where it, she's like, this is this is what you're watching. And you should be like, this paid for this house. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I was just expecting her to walk in during that segment, so and thankfully she didn't. Yeah, it was, uh, oh, man, that was something. So after that, we got Nakamura's rebuttal uh which was okay you know it, yeah i thought it was worse that he just laughed <laughs> it off you know um i thought the, this whole this feud sucks it's it's terrible and you know what you know we were talking about this the other night about finn balor coming to smackdown and we're going to get to this about smackdown attendance grant and we'll get to this more but attendance does drop in the fall but I, I don't remember seeing attendance this bad in Oakland. And I've, I've actually been to SmackDowns in Oakland before. And then uh, granted, this was 10 years ago. And it was full, but um, I, I've never seen it that bad. So you can spice SmackDown up a lot by using guys from Raw that aren't being used hardly at all. You know, like Jeff Hardy's uh, an afterthought. You, he would add so much to SmackDown as a singles guy. Finn Balor, again, it's just kind of, you know, treading water in, in, on Raw. And he's someone that could be a huge difference maker on SmackDown. And these guys at the top with Nakamura, AJ, Owens, that could, I think that could give SmackDown a, a shot in the arm because it, it just feels like it, it's kind of falling a bit. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to have it every single way, right? I mean, they're trying to have the the indie wrestler cred portion of the show and then they're trying to do this i mean you can tell it's a big vince play with gender and it's like no we're going to bring it back to the 80s in this very xenophobic feel and get the heel heat on the indian champion and they're trying to do so much and then at the same time we'll talk about this in a minute and then at the same you know we've got the women in one segment and we've got this and they're trying to just cram it all in there and i think it's it's buckling under the weight of that you know and not trying to be one thing yeah just vince knows one thing when it comes to pushing like foreign top guys and you know Nakamura is not his guy. Yeah. If 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 Nakamura came in and and Vince, you know, had to create his persona, I'm sure it'd be something completely different uh, <laughs> than this cool, you know, charismatic guy. So, you know, anyway. Vince would be like, so remember in the movie Revenge of the Nerds when they had the Asian guy that was one of the right. nerds? I'm thinking something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's Vince. He's just. Brilliant businessman, uh, WWE, you know, they're making a ton of money. So on the business front, you know, they're doing fine, but they're knowing, they just know how to make, uh, grasp as much money from a, a shrinking audience that they can. And, and yeah. they're good at that. So it's not, can you imagine how much more they'd be making if they, it was growing in pop? 
But it's weird, though, because everything that gets positive mainstream press and everything that you get the buzz on that it seems like people are interested in, again, it feels like they're trying to make it too much the cavalcade of, of everything. You know, it's like they're not really responding, I think, to what the most interest is in. I mean, so to talk about next what they're doing with AJ. So they're clearly building Baron Corbin. We get the title match last night with Baron versus AJ Styles, interference from Ty Dillinger. And the result of this is that now it's going to be a triple threat for the U.S. title. At Hell in a Cell? I mean... That's what it's looking uh, like. Who does this benefit, ultimately, in this? Ty. It gets Ty, Ty out of dark sure. matches. <laughs> sure. But, I mean, does this elevate either of them, really, when it, when it comes to this? And what does it do for AJ? I mean, AJ, I feel like, is a star. AJ, I feel like, should be at, at the top level of the company right now. Oh, AJ... AJ is at the lowest since he's won the WWE championship, you know, Yeah. as far as his, his star power. Yeah. But he's at, he's at a level where that's easy to change. All they got to do is switch his opponents around. Sure. You know, they just have him. you know, if, if gender beats Nakamura at hell in the cell, you have AJ just walk out, boom, he's back in the, as a main event guy. And it's not like fans don't see him as less and see him as not worthy of being back there. Um, but yeah, right now it's, it, you know, WWE does that all the time where they just don't have anything else. Uh, you know, at the top, they've got their their program set and they're not really building other top programs. So it's like either you're at the top or you're uh, mid card. Yeah, it's not like they're building the next. You see an obvious next challenger for for gender rising up. So or or Nakamura. Yeah, I think you do AJ and gender just to get the belt off gender at this point and then you go to aj and um nakamura and you go with maybe uh owens yeah or maybe you go aj and uh i, I don't see, know. see there you go there's just such a, a lack yeah, the of is there's there's really some very set ways you can go with it you can you go know, aj and rusev if you keep rusev healed AJ and rusev would be good even AJ, aj and orton i know they did that once aj and orton i feel like would get more interest than um what they've been doing with uh, gender. Yeah, AJ and Orton was just a one-off on SmackDown, yeah. right? They, they never really did a feud. So no. you could you could turn Orton heel and feud with AJ. Um, and that, no, you know, again, I, again, that just doesn't do much for me. I, again, I just think you got those guys on Raw that could definitely use a change in scenery. And AJ and Finn, that's something that's exciting, or AJ and Nakamura. Uh, but I don't know if they'll do that just because they're two baby faces. Yeah. No, I get that. And that, that's where it seems a little weird. Um, the thing with Ty last night interfering. I mean, okay. So we're going to have two faces and a heel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I do think it'll make the match better. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's really compensating for Corbin just because yeah, his exactly. attitude is good. But his... Well, Corbin hasn't had a good match on pay-per-view since, gosh... You know, it's been a while. Maybe Sammy? I, I can't remember if that was good or not. No, I have no recollection of that match. Uh, some yeah. of the TakeOver stuff was okay that he did back in NXT. Yeah, on the main roster, I think he had... Gosh, there was one good one he had with, like, Kalisto. And, and that was kind of it. Yeah. Um. So, the women's segment last night. Thought that was... Talk about getting heel heat. I loved Natalia crashing Charlotte's update on her dad and announcement she was back natalia coming out to celebrate herself sure i just think natalia seems so unnatural as a heel you know people give me oh, crap about saying everyone should turn heel i think natalia should turn baby face she's just a natural baby face uh you know her clutching the belt at the end just it just looked like she was acting it didn't look she, it just looked like it just didn't fit um and the same thing with charlotte she's the opposite i think she looks out of place just smiling and and, uh, you know, I mean, here she had to when talking about her father. But once Natalia came out, I thought the segment got awkward. I hate when they do the, the, where it's so obvious when the next woman's going to come in or the next person's going to come in when they're building these multi ways. Yeah. And, you know, like it's your turn to talk. It's your turn to come out. It's your turn to come out. Now it's your turn to talk and it's your turn to talk. And it's so scripted and non-organic. And that's what they did here. But I like the fact that they're you know, they built Charlotte for a, a title match. I, the thing I hate, though, is when they make it, when they do the build and it makes it so obvious, they build this four-man, you know, the four-woman, you know, main event, but it's so obvious who's going to win. Oh, absolutely. I mean, given, 
Well, and based on everything we've seen leak about, even about Starcade and right, I think just common sense. I well, mean, even if you don't follow online, just from yeah. you see, you see the conflict between Charlotte and Natalia. So obviously that's where they're going, and then they build to the match, and so it's clear that Charlotte's going to win. It's like what they did with Jason Jordan on Raw. You know, they're building Jordan and Miz at the beginning, and then they set up a, a multi-person, which you know Jordan's <laughs> going to win. Anyway, yeah, I don't think I mean I don't think there's a single person that wouldn't have had their money significant amounts of money on Charlotte winning last night that right. four way in the main event. And I that like just that, that just event. takes all the steam out of the main event. Well, but you could you could tell though in how they're pushing it though. I mean, even when Becky came out, Becky got a good pop. Naomi came out and got a decent response. Tamina, with the worst theme music ever, you know, came out and I th- I liked the dynamic with her and Lana and the way they did that. I thought the segment was good. Now, see to to disagree with your point though. I like Natalia as a heel and Charlotte as a face at this because I think back to when they did this on Raw a year and a half ago, and that was just painful when it was flipped the other way. I mean, you had Charlotte. It was in her never-ending winning streak. Um, but remember they had the match when Bret Hart was there and Ric Flair was there. That was in NXT. No, dude, that happened in Raw also. They didn't have Bret Hart with... Yeah, that was on a pay-per-view last year. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, okay. And it ended, Rick cheated, then Brett put Rick in the sharpshooter, Charlotte, or uh, uh, Natalia put Charlotte in the sharpshooter. That was the the finish after she Wow, I totally forgot that. Yeah, that's how good the feud was. So at least this time, it's not an exact... But just, well, see, I disagree, because I feel like Charlotte is a main event person as a heel, and she she just feels like another girl on the roster as a babyface. Yeah, I mean, she's going to, I mean, I think... Unless Carmella cashes in and wins, I think we're going to be in for another long Charlotte reign, just like we saw on Raw, and it's going to be the Charlotte show for SmackDown women and the Oscar show for Raw women for the foreseeable yeah, but, future. Yeah, but at least now she's a, a baby face, so it, it makes something different. And you could have Paige come back. Yeah. So, that you know, Charlotte and Paige, that's something interesting. That would be good. That would be a very good feud. Um, So... After that last night, that's the main event, which someone's yeah. asking where Bobby Roode was. Oh, um, yeah. Bobby Roode worked the dark match again. Second week in a row, he did the dark match uh, this week against Ty. I think they're just keeping him off of TV to get that pop when he interrupts Dolph Ziggler. Because it worked so well for Shinsuke using this this formula. What's that? Oh, the Dolph? The first no, Dolph? The, well, yeah, the idea, like, and then we'll show him, but then you won't see him for a couple weeks. Or you won't see him wrestle. But then at the pay-per-view, people are going to go nuts. Yeah, well, you know, they there was a lot of anticipation for that match, and then the match just sucked. <laughs> yeah, but with Bobby, how have they been building the anticipation? They're not, I mean, but not being on TV, so it'll be a little more of a surprise when that glorious theme hits. I guess you're not having Dolph out there calling him the rock star, you know, uh, making references right. to Michael Jackson, and he, and he might, who knows, you know, they like bringing out the baby faces' uh, weaknesses, so maybe. Ziggler will start saying how rude without that theme is nothing and has no charisma. You know, I could totally see them scripting that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, the hype rose versus the new day last night, the new day picking up a win. And after teasing further, perhaps the hype rose will split. Perhaps uh, they will turn heel. Who knows? I, I think it'd probably be better for them to be a heel tag team just because there aren't who, who's the other heel tag team. You got the Ascension, Primo and Epico, I guess. Supposedly coming back. Coming back. You know, it's just so shallow on that end that, you know, I guess it gives them something. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, Rowan and Harper. Um, Yeah, they're, yeah. No fashion police last night. No fashion police. Nope. Then they didn't show up on 205 Live again, I'm assuming. They showed a replay on 205 Live. Of that, just like, hey, remember how great this was last week? Right. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Um, so after that, Kevin Owens in a wrinkly shirt issuing a statement via satellite, nonetheless. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like the apology, but, you know, Owens, Owens <sighs> is good. I, I'd like him to be a little more remorseful. When you do something like that, that cold-blooded, don't show remorse after, you know, just kind of be smug about it. You I know, mean, like you yeah. did what you did. And and now you're coming after Shane, but I mean, it was, you know Owens was good. 
No, I'm looking at the screenshot though of this, and it bothered me the whole time. Like, iron the damn shirt, man. Don't they have a clothing steamer back there or something? Like, why? <laughs> you're on, you're in a wrinkly. Uh, I just. When was the last time Owens wore it, you know, that shirt? It's probably been a long time. But when he came out in a suit that one week, he looked really good. I just think that if, if the diss on him or there's this thought that he's kind of a schlubby guy. Don't look like you just literally a schlubby guy in a nice shirt. Yeah, like <laughs> I just picked this out of the dirty laundry, smelt it, and then put it on. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I don't know. That that, that just bugged me the entire time. But no, I th look. I think this is going to be a great match. Um, I'm looking forward to this more than anything else at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, same here. For by far, and you know, New Day and Usos will be good, and I'd be looking more forward to it if we hadn't seen it a billion times. Oh yeah, no, they've. Oh, they've run that same problem as Raw. It's like you just you've run this into the ground. Actually, even more with uh, yeah. New Day and uh, the Usos. Although, okay, so the one line that bothered me in Owen's thing is they, uh, him saying, "People like him don't go to hell for what they're going to do; they go to heaven." I was like, that was so, and especially because didn't you think the better? I thought he was going with this was people like me uh, don't go to hell for what we do. I thought he was going to say they go to jail. Yeah, that's like, what I thought he was going to say. Which I totally thought. Killer line, but yeah. they go to heaven. That was so weird. Yeah, I was not. I did not see. I totally thought jail or prison. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> oh, it, like it could have been so badass if he would have said prison. Oh my god, that would have been yeah. phenomenal. And instead, nope, they go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Dolph Ziggler, man. Um, here's my thought on this: If he just would have walked out and done the goddamn fake entrances as opposed to coming out and talking about it first, it, it wouldn't have been great, but it would have been 10 times better than it was. Well, I think it's supposed to be irritating so that when Rude comes out, it, it does get that big pop. So that's what they're doing. It's not supposed to be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> and they're you, doing a good job of that. But could you imagine, okay, let me paint the scenario for you. Throughout the evening, if HBK's music hits, if Triple H music hits, and every time the audience is like, oh my God, and then out comes Ziggler, I <laughs> think that would be awesome to troll people. And I think, here's my thought, I think they do that for like six months to the point people are just like, this is so bad. And then Hogan's music hits and Hogan actually comes out. Uh, Something like that. That's you know what I'm saying? They, 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 that would get so old. It's already gotten old. It has gotten old. But I think the audience would fall for it every time if Dolph didn't come. And I bet you the thought backstage is, we have to have Dolph come out and say this first or else the audience is going to be really upset that they thought so-and-so was here. I don't think you'd want to do all that build for Hogan coming back who's not wrestling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? But, or something of that caliber. So I, I like that this is building for Rude. You know? Yeah. It's, so, you know, at least it's building for an up-and-coming star. So, uh, you know, six months, no way. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, that's a waste of Dolph. Time, and, and, in WWE time, a waste of Dolph. Because what else? Oh, the great things they could be doing with Dolph Ziggler. At, at least, at least, well, they're doing something with him now. Yeah. You know, they're, but I do like the idea of doing separate interests throughout the show as opposed yeah. to all at one time. Just something uh, to like really bait people with it, really yeah. get people riled up. But I just think it's a, it's a waste to have them come out before and say, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. Yeah, the um, Triple H thing would have actually been a great way to start off the show because I think people would have bought it because of the the Vince attack the week before. And that's when it worked, by the way, was when he did the uh, the Shane thing to Kevin um, last week when he came out and did that with no buildup ahead of time. People fall for it, you know, yeah. and it's much, much more entertaining. And he, and here's my thing again with with last night's show. You're coming off this angle that everyone's talking about and it's treated as just another angle tonight. You know what I mean? When you have a big storyline, make that the focal point of the show. Have Daniel Bryan come out in the beginning and say Shane will is coming. He's on his way. He's going to address it. Don't just give that away at the beginning. Uh, just have like you know, make it a make it a big deal as opposed to just kind of a, a couple throwaway segments. Yes, and just to clarify, when I say six months, I mean six months in WWE time, which is six weeks of SmackDown. It basically feels like six months. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Everything they do feels like it just goes on forever and ever and ever. Um, the Fatal 4-Way in the main event, we knew how this was going to turn out. What did you think of the match itself? Um, I thought it was good. I, I didn't think it was worth a this is awesome chant. I think fans are abusing that chant. To... I feel they're a little... 
the the threshold has been lowered for i feel like they they were like oh we haven't gotten to use it tonight yet so let's (laughs) let's get it out now um but it was good it was good it was you know predictable um i I don't know do something like you know you you have raw giving away the third hour now because of football and did you see that drop from the first hour to the third hour uh in in viewership no, no. It was almost a 20% drop from hour one to hour three. Surprised that's it. I feel like I made it like an accomplishment. I feel like I went to traffic school some weeks watching Raw. It's like, oh man, that was so long. Yeah, it was like 2.5 million viewers by the end. And it was over like 3.1 at the at the start. It speaks to the dedication of wrestling fans. I'm shocked 80% of people make it all the way through three hours of that each week. Yeah, that's true. Especially when they're throwing away, you know, all the important stuff happens in the first two hours. Yeah. But, you know, here again, the, the main event was kind of, you know, it's it's important. But the way they've been building the women's uh, division so far, it sh- I don't think that should have been the main event. I think Owens responding or something, again, building that big angle that you're coming off of should have been in that last segment. It's true. Would have given Owens time to iron his shirt. Yeah. Could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this was a weird episode last night, man. I mean, I feel like this happens every time they've got a week where the opposite brand has a pay-per-view that Sunday. It's sort of like saying, well, we can't do too much. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to, you know, overshadow what's going on on Raw. But Raw did nothing either. <laughs> so, it was it, This was one of those filler weeks that you, the only thing you missed was Charlotte Flair coming back to action and getting a title shot, really. Yeah, and that's big. I mean, getting that Jason Jordan getting there. a title shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, you know. I want to talk about something that feels like what's it been six weeks since he can't, since it was announced that he was the angles illegitimate son. That feels like that was six months ago. No, no, that's, that was like back in July. Right. Okay. So 10 weeks, uh, maybe since that feels like it was yeah, ever I guess ago. Yeah. Ever ago. That feels like it happened. I'm shocked. He's just now getting a title shot. Yeah. It's it's not gonna do them any good. They need to change. They need to change the storyline, not just go on the path that they're on. Yeah. So let's talk about. So overall, Enzo. SmackDown. Oh yeah. Uh, if you missed it this week, you didn't miss much. Watch C, the highlights on YouTube. C plus because uh, you know something 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 in there. Yeah. Go on YouTube. This week? Oh, watch sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was say, just watch, watch highlights of the women's match in Charlotte's segment. Yeah, WWE for this programming this week, I'd say is C minus, completely missable for the most part. Yeah. So what's up with Enzo on two hundred five last night? I heard uh, they continue to build Sunday's match with him and Neville. Yeah. So this is something you've seen in the past with guys that have heat, where they bury them so far that. The, the guys that have heat that are over with the fans, like in the past with MVP or Matt Hardy, um, you know, to an extent, Cesaro, but not not exactly. But, you know, where someone's really over with the fans and WWE does everything they can to make sure that the fans stop cheering them. And Enzo is pretty much getting to that point now. You know, Braun, when Braun was beating him up, there were fans were chanting, thank you, Braun. Uh, and then last night during the segment with Neville, um, the fans were booing Enzo, cheering Neville. And, uh, you know, when Enzo did his last line, they're they booing him. So they're effectively taking someone that was one of the most over acts uh, in the company. And instead of finding a way to use that, and yeah, he has heat, but do you want to squander a possible money guy in, in some role? He's a money guy. Uh out of spite, out of, you know, backstage stuff. But that's what they've done. And Enzo is now, you know, a lot of times what this en- ends up leading to is they get rid of all the guys' heat, keep burying them until they quit or they get released. And Enzo's getting to that point where he's not going to be getting those pops. Uh, you know, fans are turning on him, and which is by design, which is what WWE wants. Uh, so, it's you know, it kind of sucks to see that he was probably the most overact. You know, him and Cass were probably got the biggest pops in the arena last year, you know, last summer Mm. and they're squandering, you know, squandering it all away. Yeah. I mean, I get that from a weird strategic point of view, they don't want someone to leave that has value that will 
somehow surpass what they did in the WWE outside of the company. Right. So I understand trying to really just bury him that far. But at the same time, yeah, it's with 205 Live. Okay, so if Enzo is treated like a joke and loses on Sunday, what does that mean for 205 Live? Uh, you know, I feel like they're running out of options of what they can do. Well, they'll probably just keep him as a you know, as a job guy, keep getting, getting buried on 205 live. And then he's got absolutely no, no worth. Yeah. But what is, I mean, where do they go next? I mean, Neville versus Aries was great, except they never really pulled the trigger on Aries. Um, uh, it's probably Cedric. He, he seems like the one that they've been most protecting. And, and uh, so, I mean, I, I, that's my guess, Cedric Alexander. I don't know, man. Let's see what happens Sunday. I could see Finn. I could, I could see that. Uh, Finn, Finn Balor. Yeah, what? I could Not see them doing something live. I'm telling you, man. That I would be career. Them... That would be such a bad move on so many levels because they pay Finn so much money. Mm-hmm. He's a higher paid guy. They're not going to squander that money on 205 Live. I'm just. I could see them doing something crazy if no. they're like they need. Well, because look, what's Finn doing right now with Bray? Where does Finn go from Bray? Back yeah, to Elias? Anywhere, anywhere. Uh, you know, uh, Brock. You know, they can easily put him. That happen. I'm talking the darkest timeline, Raj. I'm talking the realistic worst case scenario. They're not going to squander someone that has value on the main roster for 205 Live. Neville, when they took him to 205 Live, he wasn't even being on, you know, showcased on TV for months. Yeah. And part of that was even, and that was after he was, uh, you know, cleared to return to action. Uh, you know, he was never prominently featured on the main roster. He was always a guy that wins one lo- week, loses the next three. So, they're not going to do that with Finn. There's way too much value. Vince doesn't, you, you could, it's clear. He doesn't think anything out of 205 Live. So mm. uh, he's not going to take someone that he thinks is a star um, and put him there. Where do you think Enzo is at with merch sales compared to the rest of the roster? I don't know now. I know he, their merch was selling really well, you know, like a, six months ago or a year ago. Oh, yeah. And there was so much of it. Yeah, I haven't really looked into it. I mean, I can check, but I'm just curious. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's dying out. Yeah, well, when those things start hitting clearance, I mean, I guess they can't sell all the Enzo and Big Cass stuff anymore. So it's just yeah. gonna be, you know, all the certified G stuff. Um, so let's talk about the match card for No Mercy. We went over this the other night, but let's recap it again just with some predictions, see if anything's changed about the chatter about what could be happening. But the Miz versus Jason Jordan for the Intercontinental Championship. You still, uh, where, where are you at? Um, where do you think it's going to happen with this? I think they're going to have Jordan win. Mm-hmm. And it keeps the feud with The Miz going. I think I could see him setting up a win, but The Miz Taraj interfering and The Miz retaining, even if it's by a cheap DQ. You could like a DQ or something? I could yeah. see that too. Um, I just don't know that the ready. I just see... Yeah, I just don't see Miz beating Jordan yet. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're ready for Jason Jordan as a champion. God, could you imagine if they haven't come out there by himself and just let him do promos? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I, he's he's one. You know, we, you know I, when I talked about storyline ideas for Jordan and having him hooked up with Emma and trying, getting all these benefits from Kurt, you know, as booking favors and stuff for Emma and himself. I think him pairing with Emma and having Emma doing more of his talking would be, you know, that could be money as a, as a heel unit. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay. So Alexa bliss. So now what's now a fatal five way Alexa bliss versus Sasha Banks versus Bailey versus Nia Jax versus the aforementioned Emma. Uh, I think Alexa retains. What do you think? I think she retains. I think our only disagreements about who takes the pin. You were saying Sasha. I'm saying Emma. Uh, it could be. Yeah. I don't think it really matters, but. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, do people keep track of that? I mean, I think there's a philosophy that it, that it matters, but I don't know. I think Sasha's not protected, especially as we mentioned the other night with what she's been saying on interviews. Yeah, I think you can. You can, if you pay attention to it, because if they take the pin and then lose again, then there's something going on. Yeah. You know, um, then it's like management gave up faith or there's backstage heat. Uh, it, that, it's usually something like that. Yeah. I think, I think they're wasting Bailey's return. I think they should have really held it off until they had a plan for her 
Um, so unless she wins, I don't think this is going to do her any favors coming. Back I, I don't match. think she's been gone enough, gone long enough to need to do a big return. Mm. And, and I think, look in her hometown, she returned, she returned in her hometown. It wasn't a giant pop. So I think if, if they did it anywhere else, she might've gotten booed. So yeah, <laughs> that was probably the best place to do it. Yeah. We'll see. Mm. Uh, Neville versus Enzo. Do you think there's a chance in hell that Enzo wins the wins the belt? I, I do, <laughs> sadly yeah. enough, just so that they could, you know, one of those. I could see Neville just kicking the crap out of Enzo the whole match. And then slipping on a banana peel. Yeah, slips on a banana <laughs> peel. It's that, you know, that kind of thing where he accidentally, you know, posts himself or, uh, you know, like the Razor Ramon one, two, three kid finish, something like that, where Enzo steals a win. Uh, I'd have him avoid Neville for a long time. And then you, you do the rematch at Survivor Series. You know, you know why I think uh, Enzo could win is that's a two birds with one stone situation where Vince is like, well, I'm burying 205 Live in the process by <laughs> yeah. making Enzo the champ. Right. <laughs> you know? And, you know, it does. It You know, sadly, it, it adds a little bit of interest to 205 Live to see where they go with it. Yeah. Hey, you know, I think uh, it's propping it up at this point since Aries left. There's definitely been a void. Yeah. And um, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Finn Balor not as the demon wrestling yeah. Bray. So it's like uh, taking away the one point that would, you know, make you extra interested in this match. <laughs> going yeah. out of the way saying it's not going to happen. It's like Clark Kent is going to have a fit, fist fight with Lex Luthor. And he can't turn into Superman. So make sure to check it out. Um, Yeah, I I think Finn. Hopefully Finn and this feud ends. Yeah. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins defending the tag team titles against Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, Ambrose and... uh, uh, Sorry, Ambrose and Rollins. Yeah, I think they're going to retain uh reigns versus cena you said the other night you think reigns wins clean over john cena in this match that's what i think yep what do you think um i i think there's some sort of schnoz finish or something where they can't pick a definitive winner i think still with cena being a part-timer i don't know that they want to damage him at all um in this. i don't think it damages him i mean you know it's ultimately that's what the idea is, is to have Reigns, you know, Cena kind of pass that that torch, as it were, to to Reigns. So unless they unless Cena's sticking around for a while, uh, he's currently hold on one second. Let me double check my notes here. He is currently listed for Survivor Series. So yeah. they could always do something weird and then have a rematch at Survivor Series. But at the end, if they do another match at the end, Reigns is going to be the one, you know, beating him. I, I mean, think. I could see it in that this makes sense with Reigns taking on the Undertaker that it's okay. We've now completed or we're close to completing everything that makes him look as the most credible threat to Brock Lesnar, and setting that up. I, I mean, I get that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Vince sees the, you know, the paint drying on the wall. I think he knows. With Cena getting this Transformers, you know, the Bumblebee movie. I think he sees where that's headed and, and, you know, all these today show gigs and stuff like that. Um, So I think he wants Cena to pass that torch sooner than later, not not risk, you know, Cena being gone by the time it's time to do that. And it makes sense. The one thing that gives me pause though, when we're going to talk about this uh, next about the attendance at the WWE live shows. Um, And then the, I mean, not just the house shows, but the tapings as well. Um, like I mentioned, I'm going to uh, Sacramento and Fresno this weekend. John Cena's appearing in Fresno at a house show. Um, I mean, he's still is such a draw. Yeah, he's still working. He's still working live events. Yeah, no, definitely. But I think that if there's any want, not necessarily to protect him, but just to sort of keep the shine there, um, I could see them in having a less definitive outcome to this match. But that being said, him, the, him, trust me, him losing does not will not hurt his drawing power. Like people that are going to go to you know, four scene are going to go regardless, but I'll just think a little bit less of him, Raj. Just like <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Actually, you know what it'll be? It won't be the loss. It's when he has to come out and give that promo on raw that you earned my respect, Roman. When he does that, a piece of me will die inside. Why people hate Cena. You know, people boost, not hate Cena, but they boost Cena anyway. 
I know, so, it's just, it, it would Undertaker, be, they didn't make him come out and do that. I yeah, talked if about they did that with Undertaker, that would have been terrible. But, but go back Cena, and watch. Seeing that's not a big deal. Yeah, but go back and watch Daniel Bryan and AJ and even Mark Henry putting over Roman after getting their ass kicked by him. And it's just, yeah. uh, oh, it's, it's so painful. That's a formula uh, that doesn't work, but <laughs> they're keeping at it. But it became that meme. Yeah, I mean, have you seen that quoted around about it? Mark Henry didn't actually say this, but but the meme is that, you know, you're the real world's strongest man, Roman. It's, you know, <laughs> like I see that repeated again and again. That's how everyone remembers that Mark Henry promo. I just feel like Roman could have been, it could be such a bigger star if they just listen to the fans, turn the guy heel, let him find oh, himself. Yeah. yeah, I think they're doing a disservice to Roman because Roman great in the ring his matches he's had more good matches on pay-per-view since wrestlemania than nakamura um they're better matches so he uh there's a ton of potential there that's just you know going to waste and i think a lot of the fan hate for roman is directed at the company you know because they're not absolutely it's 100 percent that i was thinking about this the other day i'm not going to go on too big of a tangent here but think about music right and think about sometimes when bands come out and i use the example um i was rereading this thing about robbie williams world's biggest pop star huge everywhere but in the united states why didn't he catch on in the united states because mtv all the magazines tv everyone was saying this guy's the next big thing this is your pop star this is the guy you're gonna love and there's a backlash to that I think it has nothing to do with the person's talent. It's when it just feels like it's being forced upon you and you can't discover it on your own. That's where people kind of go, eh, I think I'm good. You know? Yeah, and people were discovering it. I mean, if you remember before the Royal Rumble, Roman was getting cheered by the fans. So it's not like there's this innate hate that they, they don't like him for some odd reason you know, to begin with. Exceptionally uh, talented even has charisma and swagger, even though sometimes it feels forced. I think it feels forced because of the lines they're giving him and what they're telling him to do, not because of anything that he's doing wrong. Yeah, that's why I really liked his promo on Monday night. I thought it it seemed more natural. It seemed more him. It didn't seem as forced. And uh, yeah, I think, could you imagine if The Rock, they're like, no, we're not turning him heel. We want to keep it. We're going to keep this Rocky Maivia thing going. (laughs) Don't cut that hair. Keep that big little afro thing you had <laughs> dangling at the top the the yeah the oh man we're gonna keep trying it out you know could you imagine if they did that good god <laughs> on a weird anti-comedy level that actually sounds fantastic <laughs> that it, it's like 20 years later like still he never went on to hollywood he never got over vince still trots him out there as the same character he's like this is gonna catch on damn it yeah um yeah man i don't know but it's just that feeling of just being so forced people respond to that there's something they can tell when it's just uh too much of a predetermined which is funny i was getting too much of a predetermined outcome very funny for this business um but let's talk about the main event lesnar versus Strowman. do you think that lesnar's gonna lose this time no I think he should. I think I think you could still get to where you want to go. If Lesnar and Reigns is the plan, you could still get there by having Lesnar lose here. You make a superstar in Braun and then have Lesnar win it back at the Rumble. And then you still get to do Lesnar versus Reigns. Uh, instead of, you know, the, the amount of equity you get with having... If, if the whole idea is that Reigns beating an unbeatable Lesnar will get him to the next level. Uh, I just don't see that. Um, and I think I think Reigns beating Lesnar, regardless of if he loses the title or not, is going to have the same outcome, you know, with the fans and everything, drawing power, business, everything. So why not have Braun win it? You got a superstar that, you know, he's organically, you know, uh, really over with the fans and, you know, fans are into him. Oh, yeah. Go that route. Um, get him the title. You got your title on Raw every week during football season, and you know you got someone who could work house shows, and your your title being defended at house shows. So um, I just think it makes all the world all the sense in the world to have Braun win, win it. But I think they're it's I think Lesnar. It's I think it's obvious that Lesnar is going to. Yeah, I want to believe Raj. I want to believe that Braun can win this. <laughs> 
like right down to the to the to the three count i'm gonna be thinking come on man he can pull this out uh, it'd be awesome if he did and i think that it's the right business move to have bronwyn here no I they could do you know they could always do uh right now lesnar isn't scheduled for any other dates this year but that doesn't mean that they're not negotiating to get to get some so if if Brock is going to be at Survivor Series. They could do, you know, a weird DQ, double DQ or something here and then do the rematch at Survivor Series. Yeah. Well, I liked your idea of having uh, Brock win it back at the Rumble, setting up Brock versus Reigns at WrestleMania. I think yeah. that would be an interesting way to do it. Um, so let's talk about this how, uh, this attendance of uh, live events, both TV tapings and house shows. So I'm hearing last night was something absurd, like 40, only 40% sold at Oakland yeah, Arena. Yeah, that's what we had on the site. That's what one correspondent said to us was 30 to 40%. I yeah. mean, you look if you look at the, we have an article on it uh, that was posted last night. It's still on the front page. Uh, we have a bunch of photos um, from last night's SmackDown, and it's the, pretty much the whole camera you know hard camera side is empty uh which you see that a lot now at house shows but rarely for tv uh tapings and then also the upper upper deck uh was tarped off so um right off the bat you know you're dealing with just you know, almost one section of the arena and uh yeah i mean i so Every year, the third quarter is a little slower house mm. show attendance wise. I think back to school, football season uh, hurts live live event attendance. Uh, but I've never seen, uh, you know, the attendance this bad at a TV taping, you know, for Raw and SmackDown. And Raw is, you know, Anaheim, which is a big market. So, mm. um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this week, I sat it out. Raw was in San Jose, SmackDown in Oakland. And we're going to house shows this weekend because we're like, you know what? The TV tapings are never as fun. The tickets are twice as expensive and you have to get there super early on the West coast. At least it's just not as good of a value proposition as going to a house show, watching the wrestlers be a little looser and just having fun with it. You know? I mean, the live event attendance is terrible too. Though. Yeah. It's not like, it's not just TV taping. So and TV tapings, the attendance is still way better than live event. I mean, you look at the average TV show attendance versus live event. It's it's a big difference. I think it's also the market. I mean, I'll tell you by comparison, we went to SmackDown when they were in Fresno. What was it la earlier this year? And that was, or maybe it was late last year, but that was pretty well attended. They only had tarped off the top, but there was much more. It felt more full. Fresno is a smaller market than Oakland. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying because it's a bigger yeah. deal. You know, what are your entertainment options in Fresno compared to in the San Francisco Bay Area? But you and have way often, more people in the San Francisco Bay Area. Actually, the Central Valley is pretty, it's just more spread out, right? But I think it's that idea. It brings them in from all around. I'll be curious to see uh, how No Mercy is. What have you heard about ticket sales for, I mean, Staples Center is huge for Sunday. I, I haven't checked. I'll, I'll look into that. Yeah. Curious. Um, but yeah, man, I tell you, there's something more about it where I think uh, the house shows are a better value prop. And uh with the TV tapings, I feel like you really have to be caught up on things. And that's that's the other wrinkle. And I understand the live event attendance is down. But I think if you go to TV and you're not following what's going on, you're going to be lost. If you go to a live show, it really doesn't matter because they're still bringing out a lot of the people you don't see on TV that maybe were on TV when you stopped watching. Yeah, I guess. But you also know that nothing's going to happen at a live event. So if you're oh, well, just going to see the stars and watch matches. and yeah. Although, I mean, look... Things have happened a once, once, a, once a year, once, once a, year. a year. I don't know, man. Fresno, something could happen Saturday it's, night, the night before pay-per-view. It's not going to. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, but it'll be fun. Um, and I'll let everyone know if anything eventful happens at either of those shows. Yeah. Um, chances are it won't. But so we've got more on Bobby Heenan and more's come out about the cause of death, correct? Uh, yeah. One second. I don't want to. Uh, say anything wrong so let me pull that up so yeah bobby heenan it was due to organ failure caused by throat cancer which he had been so battling sad. for a long time um yeah so he'd been battling you know he was diagnosed with cancer in 2002 he, he had been in remission since 2004 um but yeah uh, you know i think anyone that saw bobby over the years you could tell yeah uh, you know he was struggling uh he didn't i mean he, 
it was really sad seeing those convention videos and stuff where he was at and someone's so funny and he couldn't talk. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, people had been talking about the Royal rumble 92 and you know, all these Bobby Heenan as a commentator. And, and so uh, like I went back last night and I actually put the Royal rumble 1992 on oh, wow. and uh, I, I, I wasn't watching it. I had it on in the background. So I was listening to it while, you know, while I was working and, freaking bobby he's just i haven't gotten to the rumble match itself yet i'm you know to where the rumble's about to start a couple things with that first thing bobby is just man he was just amazing because he is just on the whole event and uh you know i'm talking like the bushwhackers versus the beverly brothers if that match happened on pay-per-view today and you had michael cole and Corey graves all due respect to Corey graves but they're not going to make that match entertaining and that match is going to suck and you're going to be bored. But Bobby and Gorilla were so freaking entertaining that that match was watchable because, you know, because of their commentary. And that whole event, Bobby is just on. And he is just like, he just never stops. And he's just like one-liners and staying in character and being the heel. And he's just amazing. And I, I never go back and really watch 90s pay-per-views or 80s pay-per-views. So it's... uh you go back and listen to it and it's like, man, this is so freaking entertaining that regardless of the, if the match is good or bad, you're being entertained anyway. Oh yeah. And you don't have that with commentary now. You don't have where a bad match uh, can be overcome with entertaining commentary. Yeah. I mean, I think you see shades of that sometimes with, with Corey Graves. Um, I think in NXT, there were a couple that I remember where he definitely made it, but again, I think he can add, he can add to a match, but I don't see him definitely not near that level where, Oh, well look at the experience level. I know I'm saying it's not just that it's, it's Bobby's wit and you're just born Mm -hmm. with it. I mean, he there's, I mean, he's coming up with stuff just on the fly, just responding to gorilla and uh, yeah, I mean, he was a just amazing talent. Oh, definitely. And you haven't even got to the, the money part of the Rumble yet. Right, with, yeah. Uh, Flair's win and Heenan's reaction to that. No, I still, so. to this day, remember lines from it. Like, you know, Bobby's, it's not fair to Flair and, you know, turning on Roddy when Roddy <laughs> Roddy helped Flair for a minute and then turned on him. And, you know, he, Bobby was saying, oh, it's a kilt. I'm never going to call it a skirt again. And then when Roddy turned on Flair, he's like, you skirt-wearing freak. <laughs> you know, like, no, he, he, was, was, he was great, man. He was great. And it's such a sadly ironic way to go, um, given given his gift. Yeah, he's amazing. If it, you guys got the WWE Network, just check out check out the 92 Royal Rumble. Check out any pay-per-view where Heenan did commentary. And him and Gorilla, man, they were such an iconic duo. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, very, very sad passing in the business, uh, you know, forever changed uh, because of him. He added so much with his commentary and his mic skills. Uh, and, and one more thing I got to say about that yeah. 92 Royal Rumble. Holy crap, the talent, those legends on that, that were at that event, you know? It, you know, it was the Road Warriors and Hulk Hogan and, you know, Bret Hart. Actually, Bret Hart wasn't on that one. Sorry, he he was supposed to be, but... They, they did this uh, injury. You canceled angle. at the last minute because you didn't give him the questions in advance? Oh, yeah, right. You canceled at the last minute. <laughs> but Roddy Piper, um, uh, Owen Hart, um, Sid Vicious, which, you know, it's, it's not at the level of the other guys, but still, uh, Kerry Von Erich. Uh, I mean, it was just a who's who in that, that Royal Rumble. Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker. Um, it was like, man, the, the Randy Savage, the, the star quality. I don't think there's ever been so many huge names at one event as there was uh, for that. It was pretty amazing. No, I mean, you watch a lot of that stuff now just to look back. Do you think part of that is that you can't have that perspective as it's happening? I mean, you don't get that sense. You you almost need hindsight sometimes to really realize the gravity and impact. No, I mean, I think even then you realize it was a star-studded rumble. Uh, yeah. You know, I think they advertised it as as such. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you knew, I mean, it, it was huge names, but going back and seeing it, it's like, holy crap, that was huge, yeah. you know? Oh, it's crazy, man. Uh, so speaking of things that are advertised, Raj, since our conversation 
since your clarity about Starcade the other night, now what am I seeing online everywhere I turn? Everyone's like, wait, what 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 do you mean this isn't gonna be on the network or special or pay for what's a live event only? Like the internet had my same reaction of going from very excited about Starcade coming back to being like, well, what do I care if I can't watch it? it, it yeah. And then I mean, what do you care anyway? It's the same live event matches that they're showing, except Jinder Nakamura is not going to be good in a cage. The only match that might be, in, I mean, they got a flare in a cage at Starcade, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, if they wanted to do something, and they always might change it and, and change it to a network special if they see that interest. Uh, but, um, you know, you know, Cody, you know, made the uh, made those comments about it, and yeah. Michael Hayes invited him. It'd be kind of cool if they did something where, uh, for one night, they had Cody and Goldus team up against, you know, the Usos, and and then you did, you know, because then you got the Rhodes, you got Flair, um, and if you could get Ric Flair to come out and make a special appearance, I don't know if he could with his health, probably not, but. Uh, then that's something that would be kind of cool for the network. But other with what it is now, there's no reason to. Well, I think that's what people got people's imaginations going about it. That's what captured the imagination of the internet wrestling community was that idea. They're like, oh, hey, uh, Goldust will be involved. Oh, hey, Cody might come back. Oh, hey, what if they do something with Rick? That's where people, I think it, you're right. If it's just a glorified house show with the Starcade name, then yes, no one will be missing that they didn't watch it on the network. Um, it's like what happens when... Uh, pre uh roster call up whenever they went to japan and it would be like hey oscar is going to be wrestling a house show in japan and they would have these matches i forget what the one was i mean jericho was involved one there were a couple that on the card and in hawaii yeah they did they were i don't think they did hawaii they did the one network special in japan with brock lesnar against kofi yeah. kingston but the beast then, beast in the east or whatever but since then what i'm saying is when they've done those tours they do special matches um for those tours and that's right. where people were like oh my god i hope it's on the network i want to see this they get excited when it's something a little different than usual yeah but so far on this car there's nothing different than usual other than charlotte flair's uh and natalia's a cage match yeah. but you know they're again we're going to see that match in a few weeks and that's going to be the match on all live events going forward so they're not going to want to give that away on the network when that's what they're running at live event well who knows they might i mean they do all these matches for free on tv anyway so that is true. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I, the timing yeah. is the weird part because it's what a week after Survivor Series, but it's the week, uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Well, that's what Starcade after uh, the yeah. first few years, Starcade was Thanksgiving. And so, you know, that's the tradition. So, it, you know, it's a smart gimmicking thing to get extra attention to it. But ultimately, it's just naming a live event. Yeah. <sighs> what one do you think they bring back next? And do you think they start doing this more for live events? It's trying to make the live events special as opposed to just giving these event names for the pay-per-views and the network specials. I, I think it's probably just the, for the most part, the network specials. It seems like they have their names for all the other pay-per-views and they're kind of sticking with it. Did they do TLC this year? Yeah. Or wait, though, that was the last, uh, isn't that usually December? Yeah, but this year they're not doing it. This year it's Clash of Champions. So oh. Clash of Champions wasn't a WCW pay-per-view. It was like their version of Saturday Night's main event. But it's a cool name. So th they brought that, and they brought Great American Bash. I think those are it, right? I don't think they brought any other um, any other WCW names, unless I'm forgetting. I just want Halloween Havoc to come back. Halloween Havoc. If you have a Halloween show, why not? Um, but yeah, I don't think there's a TLC this year. No, so the projected date originally was supposed to be October 22nd in Minnesota, but uh, looks like yeah, it's, it's right on Wikipedia. So I'm assuming that's not happening. Yeah, I think they decided to do away with it, uh, which I, you know, it really hadn't meant much over the years. You know, chairs match is a stupid idea anyway. And uh, they went yeah, so they, too far. Oh, no, no, October 22nd, TLC, they are doing it. So that's oh, it is happening. So that's the next uh, Raw pay-per-view after No Mercy. That's the last Raw uh, single-branded Raw pay-per-view of the year. So they are doing it. Gotcha. So what's the schedule for the rest of the year on the pay-per-views? So we got Hell in a Cell coming up. So No Mercy, obviously, this Sunday. Yeah. After that, it's uh, Hell in a Cell. So SmackDown's uh, single-branded pay-per-view. Then TLC two weeks after that. That's Raw. Uh, November only one pay-per-view. That's Survivor Series. So TLC will be the last Raw-branded pay-per-view of the year. 
Wow. Uh, so the last Raw branded pay-per-views in October, November Survivor Series, December Clash of Champions, and that's going to be a SmackDown pay-per-view. So ultimately, you know, I know a lot of people were uh, kind of upset that there was no SmackDown pay-per-view this month, but there was a Raw one. So ultimately, it evens out uh, because December has a SmackDown and, and there is no Raw. I'm glad they're doing less pay-per-views. I think originally when there was that rumor about yeah. September SmackDown pay-per-view, I think that would have been poorly attended no storyline i mean so this is this is good i think yeah, i mean we good. reported it i think last year that they were going to be cutting down on the pay-per-views this year and so yeah they they dropped two there you go there you have it well i think that wraps it up for this week folks um raj anything else before we take it home here uh no uh i think we got an interview with mvp coming up so look out for that we got other a bunch of impact uh talent interviews coming up on the site one is going gotcha. up today well, these were conducted a, a week and a half ago. So that was before they decided to drop GFW. That uh, happens very fast. There's no conference call this week? Is there an impact? There happening? is a conference call coming up in an hour. So with Conan and LAX, so I'm going to jump on that here in a little bit. And I'll, <laughs> and we'll have any news from that. So <laughs> There we go. I'm surprised they don't just let the fans dial in for that at this point. You know, they could probably uh, accommodate. Some of the questions on these calls. I'm like, should I keep going to these? But anyway. Then Sunday night, we'll be back here. Myself, Raj, and fingers crossed, Mr. Matt Morgan, right after No Mercy ends on the East Coast to talk about all the results. Yes. So join us then, folks. Until next time, I'm Glenn Rubenson, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.